0: hi welcome to talking with intention my name is michael and in this episode walter and i sit down to talk about community about what makes a good community what makes a bad community the risks of community and the benefits and a lot more so stick around because it's going to be a good episode thank you for listening and i hope you love the show today we're just starting 2024 and last year i think was one of the best of my life mm. and I think a big part of the reason I feel like it was such a good year is because everywhere I was for 99% of the year, I was surrounded by fantastic communities. Yeah. Like some of the best people. And I mean, people are great, but you can have good people in a bad community, you know? So I wanted to talk with you about this and share some thoughts and, on the idea of community. What makes a community? function, what makes it good, what makes it bad, and why is it important to have a good community and surround yourself with with that or be in that sort of environment. We were in the same community. Now you're in Hawaii and I'm in North Carolina, but we were in California together for the first eight months of this year and part of a team there at a camp. And yeah. it was a fantastic community, right? I f- assume you have the same opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. It was one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. Super enjoyable and life-giving. And it was just a really cool team of people working together at this camp. It was super beneficial for everybody that I was aware of. And I, I agree. I definitely felt that was like a huge contributing factor to my quality of life there it was just what a great community we were, we were working with. And I think Part of the equation was we were working with the same people. Everybody lived on site there and every aspect of life was shared or could be shared with the people around you. So there was a lot of really good opportunity for community there, which also means there's a lot of opportunity for drama. If you've ever,
0: yeah, if you've ever been in a tight yeah. community. Yeah. When people like live in close together, there can be drama. And I know there was some. Yeah. I didn't know about any of it while I was there. Yeah. I heard things from other people afterward, but I mean, none of it sounded like just devastating. Like I've, I've, And that's one thing that was interesting for me too, is normally for the past few years, the communities that I've been a part of, I've been in charge of, yeah. they're managing in some sense because I was the director of the camp that I was at before. This time I wasn't the director, I was just boots on the ground up front. And so I didn't know about what was happening. And so I'm curious, I don't know how much that has affected my view of how good that community was, just the fact that I wasn't in management at that camp and didn't know about
1: drama or problems that may have been arising because I wasn't involved in them. Yeah, that could be. I think it's definitely worth saying that it wasn't a perfect community. I don't know if a perfect community exists even, but it was super good. And I think it's enough to say that it was very beneficial for everybody that I was close enough with to talk about it.
0: It was a great season. And our, our pastor at the church we were at out there gave a sermon on community, or he mentioned it at least at one point, something that's really stuck with me since then. Uh, and he was talking about community as a goal of something to be sought after, a good community. It, it cannot be community for community's sake. You can't have community as its own goal because ne- it'll never work that way. To actually attain a good community, which we should probably define or try to set some parameters around maybe, uh, everyone has to be in it for something bigger than themselves. They're all working together in the service of, of the same goal and if the goal itself is community it's not
1: it just won't work that way it, it's not yeah. big enough yeah I have, I have the same idea and it's kind of like you know community is something that will happen along the along the way yeah it can't really be the destination but in you know with the right people it'll happen on the way to achieving some goal or or yeah i think just achieving some goal yeah do you remember when
0: we were at that camp the director came and shared a devotional with us one morning and he talked about his time with a guy named Brennan Manning. He Bren, Brennan Manning's an author. He was a very interesting guy. He was a, a monk for several years and then and maybe I think he was a, a pastor at some point and, and ended up falling into alcoholism after he became a Christian like several years after and he re- wrote this book. I think this the book that I've heard of the most from him that I've, that I've read is The Ragamuffin Gospel. And I don't think I actually finished it. I need to go back and finish it. But it was a very interesting book, really just all about grace. But in the story that the director of this camp shared with us, he talked about Brennan Manning came to his college once when he was a student at a university, and they asked him what community meant. And he shared a story about a time when he was a monk. And he was always, he was a small guy and he's always freezing at night because they didn't have heat in this, this monastery. And so he was just trying to gather as many blankets as he could all the time. And one day, one of the other monks came to him and said, Brother Manning, I have to apologize to you. I know you've been trying to get as many blankets as you can because you're so cold all the time. And I had a blanket and I kept it for myself. And I'm really sorry. And Brendan Manning tells this story. To, to these college students and then just says, that's what community is to me. Which is, you know, I love stories. They always help things stick in your brain. But I think the point of that, the point that I got from it is that community is when people are sacrificing for each other. And in other words, they're, when people are loving each other, they're putting others
1: before themselves. They're acting selflessly instead of selfishly. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's a, it's a give and a take. And it can be it can be humbling because I think the best communities are trying to achieve a goal that can't be accomplished by yourself, right? You're going after something that requires more than one person. So you got to work together. You got to have these people working together. So that's kind of humbling to need other people like that. And I think that's difficult to feel sometimes, but also really healthy to feel, oh, I'm relying on these people around me to to help out. I can't do this on my own. The flip side of that, though, is that you're also needed by others, and that's a really rewarding, and also a rewarding, and it kind of forces you to grow into that responsibility of having other people that are relying on you and need you. So there's two sides to that that coin, you know, that, yeah, it can feel bad to rely on and need other people. You're kind of at their mercy to, to help you or achieve whatever this goal is that you're going after, but you're also an important part of the community and you got to kind of live up to that role. Yeah. It's interesting I think people can tend to
0: when you're living in community default or or go too far in one or the other direction. Yeah, on the give or the take. You know, for some people they want to give. They want to be the provider, the leader, the the one who's got the answer, got the solution, is able to sacrifice and help other people out. But when they are struggling, they, it's hard to ask for help. And it, it's because it's a pride thing. Either way, it's just hard when you're used to or your desire is to be the one that's providing for other people to ask for help because you first have to admit that, hey, I, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Or admit that you've made a mistake in some sense, which is in, in some ways worse. If you think about the community of like being on a team, like a sports team, is kind of a simple version of it. If somebody is on a football team and they go out for a play, but they can't remember what they're supposed to be doing in this play, they have to, if they're part of a good community, hopefully they can admit to their teammates, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Somebody tell me what, what, what this is. But if they're not part of a good community and they are scared to admit that they forgot what they're supposed to do, then they're going to be hurting the entire team because the play is not going to go the way it's supposed to because yeah, everybody has to be doing their, their correct job. But if you can't admit your mistakes or admit when you need help, it's funny because you you think to yourself, if I don't ask for help, then I'm not taking anything away from this community. But if you are struggling, then you're not producing what needs to be produced for the community. You're not serving the community. And by not asking for help, you're actually hurting them because they were. if everybody thinks that you're on board, you know what you're supposed to be doing, you're able to, to, to meet the need that you're supposed to meet. And you can't, and you don't ask for help, and that need goes unmet. But if you can ask for help, they can come in and help, and the, community, the whole community
1: does better. Yeah, and it's a really hard hard thing to do is to ask for help. And I wonder if the reason is that we don't often believe... That the goal of that community is actually bigger than us and more oh, important than ourselves. Yeah. I wonder if when we, feel that it's, when we feel that hesitant to ask for help, I wonder if what we're really feeling is our belief that we are more important than the goal of the community, the goal of the team, you know? Because we're feeling maybe it's not what we truly believe, but we're definitely having those feelings of it'd be better to save my own, save face and save myself. Then to lose face, but, but further progress, further make some progress towards whatever our goal is. You know, I think a good, maybe even a better analogy than a sports team would be like a band or like an orchestra or something would be a really good illustration for kind of lots of these points about community. And my brother in law, Howard, even pointed out like all of the, all of the analogies that, that you use for a team or a, or a community are musical analogies, you know, the harmony and the rhythm and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. It's all musical you know, all terms. all the words that you know, to be thrown around. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a really, it's a good analogy and it kind of shows the point. If you've got the one, you know, maybe the guitarist in the band is, it does take some humility to know your part to play for the, the bigger goal of creating a beautiful musical piece, not just a beautiful, guitar solo the goal is bigger than just the individual There. it's funny because when we think of when i think about
0: selfishness or selfish people i think of people who are put constantly taking what is like a selfish person in a community would be somebody who's constantly taking from the community but it's just as selfish to never be willing to take if when you need it and so i think what we're really discovering is humility is key to living in community with people, you have to be willing to think about others and the community as a whole more than yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to be committed to it. And so that's where I think the best communities are people that are really sold out for whatever it is. And there's like, there's such a wide range and scope of different communities. Like, sports fans is a community. You know, I don't really know what their goal is, yeah. but that's like one of the biggest communities in the world. No. I think
0: we, as long as we use the word community when we talk about groups on the internet to just describe a s- group of people who have something in common. But I don't, I don't know. My, my gut reaction is that that's not the same type of community that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. I think, but I, I would know. still is call it? it a community, but I would say that the, the, the reward of a community increases with the intimacy of a community and the commitment that people have towards that goal, whatever that shared goal is. And so for things like sports fans, you know, there's not a lot of intimacy and commitment in that community. And so the reward is pretty small. You know, you, it's a it's not that there's no reward. It's just that it's limited. Yeah. There's low risk, low reward for that community. You know, absolutely. We're, but a family yeah, you know, it's about as intimate as you can get. Right. right, which means huge rewards and huge risks. Yeah, right. Like your family's going to be able to hurt you way more than a co-dolphins fan. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, your family's going to be able to build you up and take care of you way more than a co-dolphins fan would be able to. So I think, at least the way I think about it, they're all communities. It's just the best communities are not these shallow surface level. Communities that are kind of centered around a shared like or dislike, but centered around like a something a lot more personal and a lot more important. I think the more you focus on yourself,
0: the more you think about what you want, what your pain is, what your struggle, your desires are, and less on other people, it's, you just become more and more blind to the people around you and it separates you become more and more detached from your friends and from your family because you're just turning inward and your are focused all is inward. And it creates in my head like the image of like a black hole where it's just everything's moving in, you know, constantly. It's like your whole world starts to turn in into yourself. And I think you, it's almost like you become blind to the world around you and other people. And I think the more you focus on yourself, the worse and worse it's going to get. And the less connected you're going to be with the people that you're
1: trying to be in community with. I think it's not just giving a community. is like there's a structure in place and there's reliable people so that what goes around comes around. Mm. And when it's time for you to give and pour into other people, that's happening. And when you need that help, it's also coming back on you. Otherwise, the individuals are just going to burn out one by one until the whole thing crumbles apart, you know? It makes me think like I'm falling back on biology, but in biology, a community is just a step back from an ecosystem. You can almost think of it in the same way, but it's multiple species or populations of these species that kind of coexist in the same area. And it's important that there's all these different little niches that are being filled And if if one is missing, it kind of breaks down the flow of nutrients, and suddenly the next species in the chain isn't getting what it needs, and it'll die off, and then the next one will die off, you know? So it has to have that flow to where what goes around comes around, otherwise the whole thing will crumble and fall apart. And so there has to be specialization, and it kind of brings up this idea that each person in a community has a role that they are the best at, which I think is true of the best communities. Each person has a specialized role in that community. Nobody else can do as well as they are. They're needed in that role. And if they were missing, it would really harm the community. Yeah. I got a book for Christmas called The The
0: 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork, Yeah, which I just have barely skimmed because I got it just a couple days ago. Two days ago, yeah. yeah. But one of the first laws that was in there was to mention everybody like you were just saying everybody has a place every team member or every member of the community has to there is some quality that they are better at than anybody else on that team and part of being a good team being a good community is you got to try to figure out what that is you know for each person so that the team can be operating as effectively as possible you know when you think about the flow going around and you're living in community and as unity and intimacy increases, you have to rely on your team members, your your family members, the other community members. And there's a team building exercise that I, we you have both run probably countless times called, I always called it the wild woozy, where last time we did it, I know it was on logs, but originally when I first started running it, it was on cables. There are these two cables stretched out about a foot off the ground that are very, very loose. So when a person tries to stand on it, they can't walk across it because it shakes too much. And they're in a V shape. So they start from the same tree and then they go out and get further away from each other as the further out you go. One person stands on each cable and they push, put their hands together and hold them up above their head and walk out. And as they walk out, the cables get further apart, the people get further apart, and they're forced to lean on each other. And it's scary because... You know, if you lean forward, you're going to fall unless somebody else, the other person leans leans against you, you. but it doesn't, neither person, somebody has to be the first person to start leaning, you know, they have to lean in and trust that the other person's going to be leaning in. And I think that's the biggest thing that makes communities work, especially communities where there's a hierarchy of authority. Because that's the other thing, people. When when you become selfish, you start. One of the things that we tend to seek as human beings is power and control over other people. When we start to think we're we have better ideas than anybody else, and so if there is a hierarchy, like at a job or something, you can start to just want to be to get the next promotion so you can be in in charge and in control, and it can be really difficult to trust the people in authority over you if you don't think that they have. Well, your best interest in mind, if you're thinking about yourself, but the community's best interest in mind, if you're thinking about the community, just like on that team building exercise, they had to trust that their teammate was going to lean in with them when they leaned in to be a part of a good community. You have to be able to trust that your community members are all equally seeking after that goal, yeah. that higher something that you're all came yeah. together
1: for, the, that thing that's bigger than any of you. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that if you are plugged in at the right place where you are most effective, then what's in the best interest for you is also in the best interest for the community. You know, if you're really playing your role in the right ecological niche, then what's going to benefit you is also going to be- benefit the community, you know? And so a good leader will, you know, be able to to vouch for you And that's going to be good for the goal of whatever your job is. So what about bad communities? What do you think? I think that might be all there is, right? Like,
0: You're saying all there is are bad communities, there are no good communities? Well, okay.
1: I think there's, especially in the Christian world, an idealized view of community. I think they are still good, but very flawed, and I think that's pretty normal yeah well people are very very flawed yeah, so. right so a group of people is going to be maybe exponentially more flawed mm. but when we when we start to talk about stuff like this especially in a christian context usually you start to think about like small groups which can be amazingly effective at creating great community that's beneficial for everybody and usually those small groups are kind of trying to emulate the early church and when we look at the early church it's like, man, they had a lot of great stuff going. They shared everything in common. They had all this good stuff. They had a communal kind of bank account pretty much where everybody got what they needed. And then we look at Paul's epistles to like all of the early church and it's all fixing some horrendous problems that they have. So many terrible problems. So I think it's really good to have a realistic view of Christian community. Realize that it's usually riddled with problems. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not beneficial, but I think that's been something really helpful for me to realize to almost expect some of those problems, which sounds super pessimistic, but maybe it's helping me not to make community the goal, but to stay focused on the larger goal and community happen along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, because community does fall apart when it consists of flawed humans. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And good communities are not immune from becoming bad communities. Yeah. It's so easy. And I think it's, you, we have to kind of guard against it. And when we're seeking to have a good community, because people are so flawed and because minds can change and new people can come in that don't have the right vision, I think one of the things that's most beneficial for any sort of community to have is a written down vision. We all agree we're going to follow. And in an ideal community, you wouldn't need that because everybody would be 100% in on the vision the whole time and there, nobody would become selfish or try, seek to change anything for their own gain. But that's not how people operate. We're prone for to become tempted and new people come in and, and people change and all sorts of bad stuff can happen. And so I think it's so important that we write down the kind of the ideal, knowing that we can't, because we're not perfect, but if we're going to be striving after something, if this we're going to be seeking this goal, it should be the perfect goal. Yeah. We can't attain perfection, but
1: perfection's the only thing worth seeking. Yeah. Yeah. I could also see like, I, th- I really like that and having a vision very clear and defined is super beneficial. I could also see that being a way that people get hurt or left behind, you know? If we're solely focused on the vision and we lose the individuals that form the community, you know? Like the moment somebody's not contributing towards that vision, kick them out. You know? If we're only looking at the at the goal, that makes good sense. So I think it's a there's a balance. I hate to say it. <laughs> there's a balancing act between You know, looking at the vision and staying oriented towards the goal, and also not losing sight of the individuals that are supposed to be the the flawed individuals
0: who are going to be making mistakes along the way. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think I think the best place we see that balance is in is in the way Jesus works with the church, right? Where the goal is the goal of God is to glorify God, and that's the mission statement behind the church, and which is a community, hopefully a good community, Mm. but that goal doesn't steamroll the individuals that make it up. And when the church is failing or an individual in the church is failing to achieve that goal, it becomes, when someone's failing to achieve the goal of glorifying God, that's when they're built up and tried to be brought back in. You know, it's not just the goal for the goal's sake, but it's the goal without losing sight of the people. You know, it's relational and personal.
0: What about if we scale this back to a much smaller scale, thinking again about the family?
1: I was talking to my sister and just about how a family is a little community. And I asked her, what is the goal of that family? And she said, survival. Survival. (laughs) Just trying to keep everybody alive. Yeah. That can definitely feel like the goal. Especially Uh, probably with little kids. mm -hmm.
0: You know, I, I think that's one thing. You maybe don't have a written vision statement for a family. Because it's not an organization or a nonprofit, but it is important to make sure that everybody in your family, especially the parents, the adults in the family, yeah. are on the same page. I guess because if Dad, in the name of of what's best for the family, starts working eighty hours a week to bring in as much money as possible, but never sees the kids anymore, and Mom is over here struggling. Wow with the marriage and all sorts of problems can come up because there's different ideas of what
1: what the vision is what the what the ideal is for this family and i guess the ideal would be that each individual in the family is getting their needs met yeah all of their needs right the cool thing about community though is the
0: reason that we form so communities and societies and everything is because everybody knows that we can accomplish more together than we can by ourselves. So a bachelor living on their own, they're still trying to meet all of their own needs. You know? But when you're in a family and everybody is focused on making sure everybody's needs are met, you can do so much more, it's so much easier than if everybody's just trying to meet their own needs. Yeah. You know. And yeah. I think we can have this attitude of, well, you, you should be responsible for yourself you know, don't, don't, it's not, it's not my problem. Am I my brother's keeper? (laughs) And you want to just focus on yourself. And that's kind of uh, the worldly view of things at times is, is just do what makes you happy and don't worry about me or anybody else, you know, but that's not the optimal system. You can accomplish so much more working together. If everybody's focused on everybody else, then nobody's going to have any need that goes unmet you know there's more than enough hours in the day and manpower if everybody and i'm thinking on a even a global scale now if we all focused on meeting other people's needs
1: all the time there'd be no needs unmet (laughs) yeah especially like you think about that argument of well community is risky the closer i get with the people in a community and the more intimate we get the more potential there is for them to hurt me yeah
0: which is M- more the further you lean forward on that that harm. team building exercise, the, the the more likely it is that you're gonna fall in your face if the other person doesn't
1: lean back. Yeah, and know? the more it's gonna hurt And the more it's gonna hurt. Which is a fair which is a fair point for sure. But we also have, I think, built in relational needs. And so, like it or not, I think that is one of the needs that needs to be met, is for community. And so we're kind of checkmate at the beginning Hmm. that you know trying to provide all your needs for yourself well what about the need for community you were not meant to be on our own all the time it's not
0: healthy that's i mean think about look at if you don't believe that just look at covid i mean the mental health issues that arose when people became isolated in their houses all alone all the time it was horrible it's just not that's not
1: the way we were designed to operate Scale of community can be very different for different people. Like when we say community, it can sound like something that involves like a whole town, you know, that's a community. When I think about the communities that I've been a part of, for the most part, it's like for a circle of like five people, maybe, that I'm sharing the most of my life with. That's the majority of the community, except for, you know, rare scenarios, like this team that we were a part of in the spring. Where it was, you know, 15, 20 people, just because it was a staff, you know, is the reason that community was so big was it had a big purpose to serve. But I think for a lot of people, community is a lot simpler, maybe than we're thinking. And it's just yeah, the the people you see and interact with the most. You know, pretty simple definition of the community. Those are the people that are gonna be able to to help you out the most and vice versa, the people you're also able to help out the most. And so I don't think it has to be some super clear cut organization, a small group or a group of staff or anything, you know, maybe what makes your community a community is it's just the people that you see the most, you know, that are actually involved in your life the most, which is sometimes a weird group, you know, (laughs) if you've moved out of your house, sometimes it'll surprise you, the people that are actually most involved in your life. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: You know, something I've heard Jordan Peterson recommend when you move into a new community or you move to a new area, new neighborhood, whatever, to go and ask your neighbor for a favor, ask them to help you with something. Because when you do that, you're establishing that this is where you and I are going to have the type of relationship where we can help each other out. Because that's the best community builder when you're helping and being helped and you're giving and taking like we were talking about. And so just breaking that ice and being the first person to ask for help, you know, and I don't like the idea of keeping a tally mark of who owes who what, but in a sense you're saying, okay, you, I asked you for help so that now I owe you a favor. So that that person will then feel more comfortable coming and asking you for help whenever Mm -hmm. they need something and the relationship just
1: continues to develop, Yeah, you know? That's something I definitely have a hard time with is being the instigator of community. Mm. And probably most people feel the same way unless you're my sister and a huge extrovert (laughs) because it's hard, you know, you especially move into a new place or something and you feel the lack of community. You usually feel the need for all those people that are going to be able to pour into your life. But rarely, at least for me, do I ever instigate something like that happening. Usually I'm just like, well, I must be the only one who's feeling lonely or needs some friends or wants to set up a game night. And so it's just like, well, I'll just make do. But I don't ever think about the fact that it could be everybody there is thinking the same thing And so having the initiative to make things like that happen is definitely something that I struggle with and wish I was better at. Being somebody who's pulling together community and helping just seed it, like you say, with simple stuff like going and and asking a neighbor for help so that they can do the same back to you when they need it is really hard for me as an introvert and not really outgoing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: curious... In the community we were both part of, it was a job, we worked together every day, and we knew that everybody was a Christian, because we were all in ministry. The communities that I'm a part of now, here at the church where I'm a children's pastor and with Psalm 68 5, everybody that I'm working with is a Christian as well. You have gone to Hawaii and are working at a camp where not everybody on staff there is a Christian by any means. How has that been? How has that made community more difficult? Was it di- more difficult to get started? It's a great
1: community. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy that community as well. It's not as deep as the community was at Alliance, you know, where we had this super meaningful group of people. And it's so it's not as deep because the community isn't oriented at such a deep goal. Alliance, every we were there to teach kids about nature and help them have an encounter with the creator through his creation, Mm. right? was kind of like one of the camp's big slogans. That's a, if you're a Christian, that is like a a goal you can put your entire life behind. Mm -hmm. You know, at this job, our goal is to teach kids about science, which is a good goal, but it's, you know, it's not as deep and impactful of a goal to set for yourself. And so I think, As a result of that, the team is not as deep with each other, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I mean, the community is everybody serving something bigger than themselves, but bigger than yourself can still be a huge variation in sizes, you know? And the community can't get any bigger
1: than its goal or any deeper than its goal. I would also add that, like we've mentioned, community can be pretty flawed and it almost guarantees conflict of some kind or another, yeah, and that can, I think that conflict that I want to say almost inevitably is going to come up has hurt a lot of people and made them gun-shy of community, and especially with the internet where it's at, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who have retreated substantially from involving themselves at least deeply in community because they've gotten partway down that road of growing into a deep community, conflict has arisen, and they've gotten hurt. And I think that's sad, first of all, because, yeah, they've been hurt by community. So what would you say to somebody who's you know, listening to this thinking, well, these communities are great, but if the, as the community grows deeper, the risk of hurt and fallout increases, what if I just retreat? from communities. You know what would you say is the benefit why should you move towards those deep communities?
0: Well, in one sense I think we already kind of mentioned it, but the first thing is that, that we were designed for community. It's scary and it is a risk, but choosing to never engage in community, to never seek those kinds of relationships and that kind of life is is choosing to never experience abundant life in life at its fullest because i i just we i don't believe we were created to be on our own if you retreat from community you never let anybody get close to you in that way you are protecting yourself from being hurt again but you're also keeping yourself from experiencing the joy and love that comes from those relationships and all of the positive things Mm -hmm. and you know, I, 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 we've talked about stoicism before, but I, I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of people using stoicism as a way of, it can be marketed as a way, of, uh, as a philosophy, a way of, of keeping yourself from anger, from negative emotion. But if you never experience any negative emotion, you never really experience the positive emotion either. I think it can be, uh, you're limiting your life, so you're trying to turn yourself into a robot by never feeling any of your emotions. But your emotions, positive and negative, are life. That's a very important part of being a human being. And it hurts sometimes. But I would take I would take pain over numbness. And I feel like limiting yourself from community is kinda
1: along the same lines. Yeah. I'd also say that you can as we've mentioned, there's so many different communities. You can find one that's less painful. That's maybe, you know, start with just like
0: bonding with somebody over a video game that you, you know, or a card game or a football
1: team, you know, you doesn't have to be the super deep community. Yeah. Maybe the communities that have, you know, led to a lot of those feelings that I know are out there of hurt could have just been a bad community and being wise with choosing the community and then the level to which you engage in that community could be a good way to start opening back up, you know, and it might be, it might take a while. It might be a little process to open back up if you have been hurt by a community. But I think, yes, looking for, you know, like you said, what was it? A video game community? Simple start like that. Or to look for a community that is healthy enough to be pouring into you and building you up and making you feel encouraged and a valuable part of it. Is probably a good sign that it's a community that you could, you know, participate in and grow deeper in and not get hurt. What
0: do you think? You got anything else?
1: I have an all capped Community can be a dumpster fire. It sure can. But that's it. It's pretty, pretty good.
0: good. Oh, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Talking With Intention. Walter, like we mentioned, is in Hawaii. I'm in North Carolina. We probably aren't going to be recording any episodes until he gets back from Hawaii and is hopefully living closer. But there may be long gaps, but we're going to continue to do the show as often as we can. And if we end up living in the same town again, then hopefully it'll go back to being once a month or so. Uh, But I thank you guys so much for listening. If you want more of the things that I've been making on my own, go to mwcollins.org and we'll see you in the next episode.